0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Good evening everyone. Pastor Bahalaiska this week. So we're gonna start with the beginning. We're gonna do a couple of things. First of all, um, so we have some very, very good news, Hashem. We have some trouble we have some good news, we have some troubling news. The good news is that Baruch Hashem, we closed on our ranch. So we bought a ranch, eighteen acres of the first Jewish all girls, all Jewish, not to be religious, but all Jewish. um, What is it called? It's called a impatient therapeutic. Boarding school, which is uh, which is no 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 no. It's not far from here. It's about two and a half hours. It's in a place called Bethel, which is up in the Catskills. It's where uh, it's where it's where Woodstock used to be. Um, it's like about fifteen minutes from White from uh, White Lake, Swan Lake, White Lake, White Lake. It's magnificent. Um, it's a horse ranch. Jewish? And it's for Jewish girls So I don't have to send girls to Utah anymore To the Mormons, to the other people They don't have to eat chazer We're going to have a kosher kitchen and It's not a rehab It's a therapeutic boarding school Anyway, it's what it's for for anorexia, for eating disorders, and for depression, and for self-mutilation, and for depression, and for all those other things. It's from ages 13 to 19. I have been looking to do this for the last five years. Um, just very fascinating how Hashem works. So, it's very important. I have found in my travels to Utah and to many other rehabs and therapeutic places that... Um, Specifically, when it comes to eating disorders and depression and abuse, that girls who will not make eye contact or talk to anyone, that through um, equestrian therapy, through horses, which is interesting, I'll take an interesting my shot, but um, through horses, like there were girls that I would visit that wouldn't even that wouldn't even pick their head up, and then they would start doing this therapeutic. Um, uh, equestrian therapy and like three months later you could talk to them like a different person so I don't understand exactly how it works I don't think anyone really does but there is something that girls and horses or girls and animals and specifically horses because um, horses are like a little emotional that they, they, they get their trust back they don't trust human beings because they were hurt by human beings So they don't trust human beings, so they don't want to be in contact with human beings. But then through the animals, through taking care of them and through riding them, because it's the only animal you can ride, you can can take care of a dog and a cat and fish, right? Or goats and and, and ducks, but you can't ride them. So the horse is more than just taking care of them. Through that, they just become different people and they heal. And I've seen it work on the most impossible cases, so I made up my mind that when I do open this place, um, it's going to be a place... With horses and then therapy, not therapy and then horses. In other words, the main thing would be the horses. So I had to find a ranch that was built for horses, and a um, you need you need uh, what's called an indoor riding arena. An indoor riding arena is as big as a New York City block, because because outside of that, when it's very cold. But if you want to learn how to ride a horse, you know, and jump the uh, do the it has to be in. It's an indoor riding arena. It has to be very flat and very taken care of. And where are you going to find the India riding arena with houses to, to, anyway. So, I have been looking for five years. And I went five hours this way and five hours that way. I went to Connecticut. I went to Maryland. I went to every state you can imagine. And either we found the great house, no horses. We found horses, no house. We found horses, breeding horses, not riding horses, which totally different. There's no riding arena. And like I have to say that, you know, I talk to Hashem every once in a while, and I was like Hashem, I don't, I don't cha, man. These girls are going out to Utah and they're eating, you know, breakfast, bacon and eggs, Hasidic girls and, and and Jewish kids, and I want to, you know, have a place with a kosher kitchen, and you know, at least it'll be kosher because we know that 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 if you eat on kosher, it stuffs your ability to think straight as far as the Jewish soul is concerned, right? With tamtemes halev, it stuffs your heart. So, I ain't what's going on? Like Hashem, like, what's the deal? I'm doing this for your girls, and like, I'm driving up, and this place will be beautiful, yeah, the other place is 8 million dollars, wherever, wherever we turned, it just didn't work. And you have to have tough. So what happens? So this place, in Bethel, um, is 18 acres. Beautiful. Um, and it has, a huge Huge Mansion on it On the property That some guy built With every toy With a movie theater in it Like Every toy you can believe in Plus he was a little like homopathic, So he has like a, a Like a Chinese Little house Like out, Little thing that you Meditate in it, It's like uh, And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a There's a lake You know Out on the On the left hand side of it It's and he built this place because he had an Arabian racehorse. And he's a Arab- this rich guy had an Arabian racehorse who won races and made a lot, a lot of money. So this guy decided he's going to build his mansion because he was very wealthy. He had a helicopter on the property. But they sold it before I saw it, before I saw the property. So this was like a, this like a crazy property. And, and he it took him a long time to build it because every part of the house is handmade. Every door. Right, it's handmade, etched out. Indians very into the West. Indians and and the, the the handles of the doors are pistols. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. A fish tank the side of this wall, like the craziest stuff that you can imagine. And he built this indoor arena for his racehorse to, and, and I guess he wanted to have more racehorses, so he has like sixteen stalls. Huge, huge, brand new and he dies before he moves in the house, the bathroom the toilets are wrapped still in plastic the kitchen was never used nobody ever lived in the house so the kloa in Pashat Kisavo the kloa says that you will build and you will never live you will build and the goyim will live the bracha is they will build and you will move in so, all the time that I'm fetching to Hashem, like, what's up? Take care of your daughters. Hashem's like, Wallstein. Either you believe or you don't believe. I am building a house right now. I am building, a, I'm serious, I'm building an arena. I'm, this guy's really getting into it and putting every drop of his money and life into it. And then I'm going to take him to the next world. And he's doing it for you so you don't have to do it. It's amazing. And... He didn't sell it Because he wasn't alive His inheritors Who have nothing to do with it Just want to get rid of it So we went to closing It's all It's over It's done So that's huge It's My Rebbe Rabbi Gamliel said You built an R.A. Miklot. Are Miklot's a place to run Right so You built an R.A. Miklot For Jewish girls So we have it Now we got Of course we got to Raise money And it's not what I'm doing I'm not telling you That for that reason We have to raise money But we already bought Three horses We didn't name them yet but um, I guess it's we're gonna whatever. It's very it's very exciting. It's my dream. So you know what? Sometimes Hashem, you just have to trust him. Like while you're complaining, he's he's working on it. He's working on the program. You know you gotta. So I'm very 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 excited. We're gonna have goats and chickens and horses and we're having a just about dogs because really Gemara says you're not supposed to have dogs, but. There are dogs that are called therapeutic dogs And in some of the places that I went Where, where the patients would not talk They would be holding a, a therapeutic little dog And then when they were holding the dog They would feel comfortable enough to talk so There's things called therapeutic dogs So I don't think that's part of the halach and the gemara so We're looking at doing that also But it's just uh, I have to say That we could fill up the whole place tomorrow There's so much pain out there it's not normal what's going on. Um, we lost a couple of kids in the last two weeks. A couple of kids. I'll tell you one of the saddest things that I've ever heard, and, and um, I, I don't know what we need to do, but we definitely, everyone who's listening to this, we definitely need to do something because because when those those children, Jewish children and Jewish women and Jewish boys, come up to Shemayim. What, what, what are we gonna say in our generation? Like, how do, how are we allowing, I don't know, I think the number, I think three, uh, three Glucks said the numbers, that was a few weeks ago, was about 60 deaths since Sukkus. That's 60 kids, you know, either over, uh, overdosed or committed suicide. That's crazy, that's, in my, in my genera, our generation, like, who, what, where? In the 50s, 60s, 70s, no one, no one did that. Maybe one kid I heard. I don't even think I heard one kid in my, in, in Muncie at that time. Today you're talking 60s in circus. Four in the last three days. Four days. That's crazy. So there's something really, there's something we have to answer. You know, I said in the Ghana convention, everybody jumped down my throat. And I said it's on our watch that this is happening and we, we need to, we need to come up with some, something. I don't know what we need to come up with. It's a little bit in this week's parishah it's not something new This week's Pasha, the Jews are complaining that they had that why Moshe did you take us I'll read it why did you take us into the Midbar we had fish for free in Mitzrayim Rashi says what are you talking about the Jews complained they didn't even have straw in Mitzrayim what do you mean you had fish for free sure just before they got up in the morning the Egyptians came up to him and said how about uh, you know some salmon <laughs> or like sea bass Or Nile perch That's a fish It's a fish called Nile perch Right It's from Mitzrayim So I'm sure That they Put out a nice spread For the Jews Every morning for breakfast Lox Bagels Right Salmon You know What are they talking about We're going to talk about that today What are you telling Moshe Rabbeinu We used to get fish for free You didn't get fish You didn't even get straw to eat What did they come up with And watermelon And pickles Sounded like they had, like, the life of uh, the Joneses over there in Mitzrayim. You're sure they gave you watermelon and pickles, what else? Salami sandwiches and pastrami, maybe some kishka, maybe have had pacha. I don't know. Right? So, so like, what, what's going on? We're going to talk about that. How could the Jews say that? They were lying. It's not true. They never got fish for free. The Mitzrayim didn't give them anything for free. So, we'll talk about that soon. But... You see that they were that, that, that in that generation also they were they were bored, they were spoiled. Nothing was good enough. The man wasn't good enough. Hashem, gave it's not something new. Everyone's like oh, something new. Kids are, you know, kids, it happened then. Hashem gave them man. You understand what man is? Tastes like anything you wanted to, except pickles and some other things. Why? Says Rashi. This is how good God is. I'll read you the Rashi. You know, you don't have to wait till the end of the shir, end of the year. It says the following listen to this this is here he says but and clayswell cried what's the problem kids but who's going to give us meat they wanted meat even though the monk could taste like me, but that wasn't good enough. They wanted to feel the chewy meat between their teeth, and that's how they died. <laughs> so was hadoga. we remember the fish. Asher necha b'Mitzrayim, remember the fish that we ate in Mitzrayim. Chinam for free, sure. the kishuim, the cucumbers. And the watermelon a a a and the garlic and the onions, right? All this stuff we remember. our souls are dry. money we have nothing but the mud. What are you complaining about, Mishugam? Right. And listened to them all crying. Hashem became very angry and Moshe and in the eyes of Moshe um, this is the first time this is one time you see that Moshe a little bit loses it usually he defends them but guys coffee toiv. when you're a kafri there's no defense there's nothing worse there isn't I, I just told someone today this person was very involved with a girl and he might saved her life and And whatever, he was day and night for six months. He didn't sleep, he didn't eat. This person was so involved with the family, with the grill, with everything. So, this was years ago. And he told me today, he says, you're not going to believe it. I meet her uncle, and her uncle says, so, you know, she's doing very well. He goes, oh, Baruch Hashem. He goes, you know, she got married a year and a half ago. He's like, what? She got married a year and a half ago, and no one invited me to the wedding? I mean, I took care of her when she was in big trouble. And now... You didn't. Your family didn't feel that they should have invited me to the wedding, whether I came or not. Like a little But I said to him, "Forget about it." When you work with the rabbi, it's Hashem, mischa, Hashem yish- Yishali meshoram if, if you're doing this for people to say thank you, just just beg them not to throw stones at you. Forget about. It. You know what the saying, No good deed goes unpunished. The very very famous story. I don't know which river. I thought it was the Sands River, yeah, but yeah. I'm, but I might be wrong with the cherry pits you see he gave a bowl of silver, a silver bowl of cherry pits he said what's that for he says he did this person the biggest favor he ever did anyone he said when you want to throw stones at me just throw the cherry pits so so the first time you'll see Moshe well, Rabbeinu doesn't talk like this but when when there's such coffee and they're making up stories they're like they're like where's the fish where's the watermelon right now how coffee time were they he says Rashi why are they picking on the, why didn't the mud taste like keshuun right why didn't it taste like like, 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 um, cucumbers. Amorav Shimon. Why did the mon change into everything except these, these different avatiyach and keshuvim and, and all these different things? Why specifically this thing? Listen to this. It says, Rashi. Mibnei shehen le menikos if a, a, a woman is nursing and she eats those, it's not good for the kid. Don't eat garlic or onions because of the little child. Right? So, so specifically, it's very interesting, you look at Rashi, Kishuim, Rashi in his time, right? What was that, French? He was French, Rashi, right? He, cucumbers, balaz. He, Rashi, in his day, they used to call them cucumbers. Abatiach, they didn't call watermelon, they called it but batkias, whatever. But that word stayed, cucumbers. In, in, it must be in French, the same word. Anyway, Laza is Latin, I think, or whatever. So, 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 they, they threw it in his face, they threw it in Hashem's face. Hashem didn't, Hashem didn't let the man taste like those things, cause that's bad for the children. That's what we used to have in the tribe. How come you didn't give us that? So Moshe is. Let's do what Moshe says. So Moshe is like, that's it. Kafwei toiv, vayom haMoshe al Hashem, lama haraisel avdecha? Why did you do this to me? Why? Why did you do this to me, to your servant? L'malam u'tzassu sheim ve'necha? And why did? You, why don't you like me, Hashem? Right? right? Lost was master kolam azelai. Why did you put them on me? Why did you put them as as a, as a yoke, as a load on me? Right? Hanoechirisit kolam azeky. He said, he said, did I give birth to them? Did I give birth to them that you said I have to carry them? It's not my kid. He never talked like this. It's not my child. My child, I have no choice. They're not my kids. What am I going to put up with them for? He never talked like this. Where am I going to get meat from? They're crying to me covered many. It's the first time he ever said that. I cannot carry them. I am done. Lo he covered me many. They are too heavy to carry. if you're going to do this to me, no kill me. kill me. I don't want. I don't want. I don't, want, I, don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want to see their their evil. Whoa. He didn't say that when they did the Egil. He defended them every time they wanted to do something wrong. He defended them. And all of a sudden over here it's like did I give birth to these kids? Do I have to carry them? Why are you doing this to me? I can't handle this. Why It seems to be Moshav Bein just totally unwound over here. He never talked like this. The answer is once they're kafri taiv once they're ingrates and they have no appreciation, the ego had nothing to do with appreciation, everything else they did had nothing to do with appreciation, over here once you don't have appreciation you become too heavy for me to carry I cannot help you, I cannot lead you that is a mina that the leader of Christ is saying, I don't even want to be alive to watch to see what happens to these people, because people who are ingrate, people who don't appreciate they become evil they be, they're, 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 not, they're not fixable and that's what happened over here And that's in my book And when we talk about it, that is, 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 is Hakarsat uh, Tov You know, if you would have asked for meat I'd love a steak, I'd love a sino steak Hashem You know, the money tastes It's good, but it's not good enough but, That's not what they said I just read tonight with my wife we're up to, The a, what? what? The wife says tonight The wife says by an ingrate. If you get to an ingrate, he's never going to learn it, So you think that he's doing the right thing so you have to fully stop it, filter You have to, to stop, stop giving God. him Right. He's doing something wrong something like that. Well, this is, this is, so this is what, uh, tonight, by the way, I'm, le- I'm learning the Eli Nishimath, my father-in-law, Yushai Benyakov, Yushai Elephant. Tonight is his yard site, his 14th yard site. He went through the Holocaust, Yushai Elephant, and he was the happiest, jolliest guy you ever met in your life. Always smiling, always happy. Anytime you tell somebody the name Yushai Elephant, they smile. He always had a joke, he always had a good word. The whole war, he was up in the forest with the Partisans in Czechoslovakia, in the snow, in a cave—crazy stuff. And he came out of the—I came out of the Holocaust, happy, Baruch and always with a smile. And and you know, they weren't ingrates; they had nothing. They went through the war and they came back to this to America and they rebuilt Klai you can lead people like that. You can lead people like that. But you can't lead people like this. You can't. And one of the biggest problems of this generation is that they're spoiled rotten and they don't appreciate anything. No matter what you give them, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And that's what Apple is based on. Every single year, they come out with an Apple One, an Apple Two, Apple Three, Apple Never last year's Apple is good enough. So it's not like they come up with a phone and just sit So they're teaching us, right, that next year we're gonna have something better, throw that one out, you just spent four hundred dollars on, get rid of that one, and you gotta have the iPhone six and iPhone six H and the iPhone seven, seven H H I J K L You have to have you have to upgrade, you have to upgrade, you have to upgrade, you have to upgrade, you have to keep upgrading so you don't appreciate whatever you have. So kids, they don't appreciate anything. And whatever you give them, it's, I'm not, I'm not blaming them, it's society, but it's, I mean, it's how you bring up your children, but whatever you give them, it's not enough. So once you become an ingrate, we see from this parasha, once you become a person who doesn't appreciate, you could all of a sudden fantasize that you had fish, when you did not have fish. And you had all these abatiach, you're sure, they're working the debt, they're working out there and they were just cutting the watermelon. Hey, you Here's a piece of watermelon. Hey, you need a piece of watermelon? How about some cucumber salad? Anybody want cucumber salad? What are you talking about? They didn't have hay. They didn't have straw. They were slaves. They were beating them to pieces. What are you talking about? The answer is that you can fantasize. You can. A person in that they, they were fantasizing. That what? No, but they didn't have they didn't have the fish. Rashi says what are you talking about what what kind of fish what did you have fish and definitely not bechinam. they didn't give them anything bechinam. so Rashi says that the word chinam is very interesting if you're going to say that the mitzvah gave them fish for free doesn't it say in Shemaos they didn't even give them straw they didn't give them straw they didn't give them fish it says Rashi, they didn't give them straw for free; they gave them fish for free. What does it mean, Chinam? thats what bothered them. Who perish? So the Sifre Chachamim explains. That you have to separate the words. So, said, Mitzrayim. We remember the fish that we ate in Mitzrayim. Chinam, when we were free. We weren't free, you we were slaves. No. In those days, it wasn't enough to if you did a mitzvah or not that you got, right? What does it say in Kriyashma? If you do the mitzvah, Hashem will give you the food. If you don't do the mitzvah, Hashem won't give you the food. So they were complaining, right now, we, that we went out of Mitzrayim. So now we have to earn everything. Where did the month fall? If you were at Sadek, the one fell at your doorstep. If you were Russia, it fell all the way out in the field. So they were complaining that whatever we used to eat him and try him, we didn't have to answer to anybody. It's a Mamish's generation. It's, we were atheists. We didn't have to answer to Hashem. We didn't have to answer to nobody. They gave us our fish. That's why the, the eved who signed who says I want to work more than seven years, make a hole in his ear. Cause he doesn't have to come to Hashem. He's like the snake. The food comes to him everywhere, he is. Right? He's, he's being served the food. He doesn't have to come to Hashem. So that way, it says Rashi they were they they definitely didn't get fish for free. So what are they saying? They were saying Bechilam. It was just do it, likey. Just have a good time. Do whatever you want. Interesting. I did not know if I should say this by the She'er. I shouldn't say this by the She'er, but I just found it very fascinating. So at the end of the championship game, the. Um, So the Cleveland won the championship game. So their main player, right, LeBron James. So he was very emotional. He was crying. Fine. And then he says, "I want to thank the man above." You could you could see the tape. This is what he says. I want to thank the man above. It's talking to Hashem. No, seriously, the man above for making this possible. For without him, nothing is possible. I I didn't like this guy. Now I, I like him a lot more. And then he said something very fascinating because Cleveland was down 3 to 1 and nobody ever once th- when they were down 3 to 1 won the championship. So it was very hard for them. They had to win 3 games in a row. And he says, and to the man above, he says, you made this very hard. And I was wondering why we had to win the championship in such a hard way. What I know that you never give someone a test That he cannot pass uh, uh, this guy with the sure. Quote, unquote No, no, just just, just <laughs> Quote, unquote So I think he was listening to one of my shirim <laughs> on, on Torah anytime But that's what he said Sometimes out of the mouth oh, wait, Of you, the non-Jew. a non-Jew I don't know What he has what he doesn't have I'm just telling you That's what he said And I just sometimes out of the mouth of a non jew comes a word for us all to listen to, and um if he says that, so Allah hasma, we have to understand that 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 no anyway so i don 't want to go into who he is or who he was, but just that it was interesting that he that he came to that conclusion that he said that um i was i don 't know if I was going to say about my share or not, but you know what he said something good, and he said something good and he said something good so no thing. What well, with repeating what he said, but anyway, going back, La Habdal Fay is coming back to the parsha. My said, I cannot carry them anymore. They just got so heavy. What made them so heavy? He carried them till now. What made them so heavy is they were unappreciated. They don't. They didn't have any appreciation. And you know what? That is the worst flaw in a person's midos. If You have appreciation. You have a temper. Whatever you have, if you have appreciation. it it, it brings you to thank appreciation first of all brings you humility in other words I appreciate what God does for me so then I I feel subjective, I I feel that I owe him something right? or even a person, so it brings humility part of being a big shot is I have it coming to me, what do you mean? the whole world is mine, everything is mine you know, I told you a story with that girl that was in my office, that blew me away that was a long time ago you know where she, she, she's very fresh to her appearance and I was like you know that's not the way you talk to your parents whatever it is and and her father's like you know I don't even understand we just bought you a car a Volvo and you're, you're like you know um, she's 18 he's like just put you a Volvo for your 18th birthday not, a Volvo's not a cheap car and I'm like you got a Volvo when I was 18 I don't think I get even a pair of roller skates and you got a Volvo like oh man and that's how you're talking to your mother and she looks at her father and she goes big deal. It's your job to get me a Volvo. I'm sitting there like, huh? Eh? What? What'd you just say? It's his job. So it's not like, thank you, I'm not behaving, I really should be, whatever, right? It's like, what do you mean? Volvo? What's a Volvo? It's your job to get me a Volvo. It's your job to get me a phone. It's your, vo- your job to pay my seminary. It's your job it's your job to pay the wedding. It's your job to support me for five years. It's your job. Everything's your job. I, didn't really not love I thought, I I didn't know that that uh, so I said I said I didn't know that your your father's employer I didn't know he works for you if it's his job then he works for you right I thought it was the other way around oh my gosh it would give the Ten Commandments now it would say honor your children your daughters and your sons right instead of kibbutz Aim it would be the other way around it's crazy it's crazy so here in uh, this week's Bible should happen.. happened he says it's not even my kid. I once heard a fantastic Vatara on that. What did that mean? And if it was your kid? I heard something amazing, guys. Don't ever forget this. What is Moshe Abeno saying here? Moshe Abeno said, Hanaichi, harisi is did I did I give birth to these people? <laughs> that you are telling me that I need to carry them? They're not my kids. Here's mashma from here. That if they were his kids he'd have to carry them even if they are ingrates. Wow. So the cynical of someone's children, the Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, they're not even my kids, so you want me to carry them? So it's much what he said, but if they were my kids, no matter how bad they are, no matter how fresh, no matter how much of an ingrate they are, I would have to carry them. Because the Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to all parents. He said to Hashem again, They're not my kids, so what? You you expect me to carry them? There's a from there that if they are your kids, you got to carry them. And you can never walk away from them. And they can be the worst ingrates and make up stories about what happened in the tribe and all that, you still have to carry them. So he says, you think, Moshe Rabbeinu said, a negative thing. You think you said a negative thing. Are they my kids, right? Are they my kids that I have to carry them? No, Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to all of us. He said, if they are your kids, then you do have to carry them, even if they're ingrates. Even if they do what Klaishul did over here. So we say that he was talking on a positive to us. He was saying to Hashem, if they were my kid, they're not, they're, yeah, are they my kids and I have to carry them? So he was saying to Hashem, but if they were my kids, then even if they would be like bad to the bone, what they did over here, I would have to carry them. Pshhh. It's goggles. It flips the whole thing around. I forgot who said it. So whoever is listening, if you know who said this, it's a very famous vatara, I don't know who said it, please send me an email. No would think of art. They were my kids! <laughs> this is your kid, that's your, your picadon, Hashem gives you something, you're a picadon, and you have to take care of them, and there's nothing that they can do in this world that you can say, I can't carry them. That's what Moshe Ben was saying. What? He's a leader. He's screaming at us. The so leader can say, "I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore." He said, "You, you chose me." He said, "That you told me." So he said, "I can't carry them alone. many, it's too heavy." Leave. This is what you're going to do to me. kill me, because I don't want to see bar-os. I don't want to see their. Bad. I don't want to see their evil. Because boy, let me tell you, someone who has this midah is going to do some evil stuff. So said, "I don't want to see it." yeah it was the first time I should have been, I ever spoke like this and it's a very big lesson to us and it's a very big lesson that everybody has to have the most important thing is that curse of Tive. we see this from this whole story over here and they were kafri tithe whether they were klytral or it was the air whatever but they were coffee tithe now um, how would that happen how did we get to this from my my, uh, my ranch I don't remember what? Do you remember how we got to this? When we build the house, it's a If we build the house, and then they live in it. Right, but how did I get to this? I don't remember. Okay. So anyway, no, so, it was, so it's amazing that we have this, and Mitzvah and Hashem, we hope to open in September. Maybe we get pushed to after but I'd love to open in September. And, um, Hashem, you have to dream. As, as I say over and over and over a million times, right? You know my story. With the Panavichirov He was standing in the middle of Bnei Barak After the war On a mountain of dirt And he told his student Right here we're going to build the biggest yeshiva Everything was destroyed The whole Europe, everything was destroyed And the Panavichirov was standing there And he's like In Bnei Barak there was nothing He's standing on a mound of dirt And he's like Right here where I'm standing We're going to build the Panavich Yeshiva The biggest yeshiva And his student I don't know who he was Just made it out also with him out of the war And he said to him I don't want to be fresh but I think the Rosh Hashiva is dreaming and the famous saying part of what the Rev said to him is you're right I'm dreaming but I'm not sleeping <laughs> and there's a big difference between those who dream and sleep and those who dream and do I spoke about it this shamus. The, the, the dreamers and the doers there's a very big difference between the two the dreamers and the doers what's the difference? he gave a whole picky overshare this week Imein Anili, That was the mission I picked in the first parag. Imein anieli meeli. If I am not for myself, who's going to do it? Ushani asks me. But if I am for myself, moani. What am I? and If not now, when? So the question is, it seems to be conflicting. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? Ushani asks me. But if I do it, moani. What am I? Make up your mind. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Right. According to the beginning of the Mishnah. Right? I may not step up. Right? And the second part of the mission is, right? What if I do it? Moani, what did I do? And then, the third part of the mission is, I So, so the explanation, I gave an hour share on it, but the explanation just in short is, I may not kneel, If you don't step up, right? If you don't step up, No one's going to step up for you. Anyone who plays sports knows you have the best coach in the world, but if you don't get on the court, nothing's going to happen, right? It's my Humpty Dumpty story as a little kid. My teacher got up and sang that song. I was a little teeny guy. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All all the king's horses, all the king's men. Couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I was a little kid. I said, Mora! What, Wallerstein? (laughs) Why couldn't they put him back together again? Kasha Maissa, right? Question on a story, and and you could sing the song. Humpty Dumpty was sat on a wall. He had a great fall. All the king's men, all king's horses, put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Why have to be so negative? And the answer is that all the king's horses and all the king's men can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Only Humpty Dumpty could put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Everybody's leaning on everything else: medicine, therapy, this, that, that, that. The bottom line: you go to therapy your whole life, take all the medicine. You don't do the work. You gotta do the work. Every therapist will tell you. You gotta do the work. Every coach will tell you. You gotta do the work. If you're gonna sit there and think that someone's gonna program you, right, and you're not gonna do the work, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't I mealy mealy. Number one you need to know, you need to do the work. And if you don't do the work, no one's putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. Humpty Dumpty has to put himself back together. Does he need help? How to figure out how to put all the pieces together? Beautiful. Get a therapist, get a coach. But if you're going to sit there and like, you fix me. You fix me. You cannot fix me. Only me can fix me. You can help me fix me. What? In the water, on the ocean. Yeah. Okay, but that's wanting to win. That's a different... Uh... You are the only one that can fix you. That's for sure. You can get help. People can help you. Right? In fact, therapy is really based on that. Because the therapist legally is not allowed to tell you what to do. They're not allowed to tell you Marry this guy Or don't marry this guy Do this job Or don't do that job And and it makes people crazy Because they ask the therapist So what do you think They're like No what do you think How do you feel Right? they're like I'm paying all this money Tell me how I Tell me what what I should do I'm not allowed to tell you What you should do So really What the therapist does is Helps you Fix yourself Helps you Make the right decision They coach you But they will never tell you What to do They'll lose their license So this sort of giving you the koyach to learn how to help yourself. So imeina nili mili is no I mean you want therapy, you want you want psychology Pirkei Elvis is where it's at. Imeina nili if you don't do the work, no one's going to do the work for you. Uchushani la'atzmi, but if you think you could do it yourself mo'ani, if you think you could do it without God, if you think you don't need the deshmaya, if you think, right Uchushani, it's me me, I did it. Moani, you'll find out in the end that you're nothing. Now, you come to the conclusion that you gotta do the work, and you have to have the Seattle in Layach Shavay Mosai. The difference between people who change the world and people who have great ideas is in Layach Shavay If not now, the procrastinators is like, you know how many people told me, I thought of Ornava way before you did. I'm like, great, and what did you do? You didn't do nothing. Right and 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 there were guys like oh Apple I I had that idea and they even they even sued him and they sued everyone everyone had ideas everyone had ideas and ideas and then it happens and they, and they, and, they, and they and they missed the boat and I had I had that idea and the difference is and what Aksharvema said the people who get things done is like if I don't do it now it's not going to get done they're not procrastinators they see a problem they jump on it by Boaz when Rus came back after the night that she came to Boaz and she uncovered his legs that he should be the um, with Goyal. So she came to Naomi and she said to Naomi, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I told him the problem. I told him the situation. But I don't know. Maybe he won't get around to it. He was a very busy rabbi. Right? Maybe his messages are full. And he doesn't have email. Like, I don't know if he's going to get around to it. So she said something fascinating. And that's why Boaz is the great-grandfather of David Amalek. And that's why Boaz is... that. What's it called it comes from Boaz? Mashiach. So she said, listen to this, what a pussy, what a pussy. So no, so how do we know? So she went, she uncovered legs, now she went back home, and she says, Tsunami, I don't know if he's going to do anything. I told him, but, you know, maybe in three months, maybe in six months, maybe in a year, maybe never. she says, Shvi I know Boaz. Relax, my daughter, Shvi, sit down, relax. Until we find out what's going to happen. Because this man doesn't rest Until the deed is done today Boaz had a name That when he saw something that bothered him He will not rest until it's done Today Tomorrow Today And of course The next morning He got up early in the morning to the gate we Shav Shav and he sat there and he made a bed and whatever he did. So Boaz, it was known that he didn't rest when he saw a problem. And he made sure it was done that day. But he he next day that's what he right. Did. Could not wait a day, but he'd know that. But the people who get things done are the people, first of all, that it bothers. Problem is... Everyone's so busy with themselves that it doesn't bother them when things happen to other people. The reason Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem, the first time Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, by Yar saw leroys. Hashem saw that Moshe Rabbeinu stopped to look to see why is this bush burning, but it's not burning. Everyone else walked by and said, cool trick, man. Burning bush, not burning. Magic! Oh, I'll go to that show maybe if they advertise. Mishabana said, something's wrong here. So when Hashem saw that he stopped to look because something was off, he said, that's my leader. My leader has to be a person, When a Rebbe, when there's a child in class and he's just not acting the way he always does or he's in the corner and he's not talking, he has to be able to see that and recognize it and it has to bother him that he cannot sleep till the next day and that's the difference between people who do things who don't do things now, I'm not saying that I'm such a big doer but the reason that I have a high school and the reason that I uh, we just bought this ranch is because uh, not because I need more things to do even though my plate's full my father always said if your plate's full get a bigger plate he never said eat what's on the plate he said he never said make room on the plate he always said get a bigger plate right if your plate's full get a bigger plate and you, have more, you have more room you can put more stuff on it Right? It's like in a smorgasbord, you're not having those little plates, you look for the big plates. When you get to the big plates, look for the bigger plates. Right? So, it, it's, it's need. When you see the need, you create what has to be done. People come over to you, they say the, the silliest thing, they're like, I hope that you won't have, you won't need your place anymore. I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Keep up your good work, but I hope I hope you'll be out of business soon I'm like This is not a business Number one Number two Until Mashiach comes We're in business It's like going to like I don't want to support my mind I hope Mitz Hashem There'll be no more hospitals In the world And one of Mashiach's not here Is going to be people who are sick Right That's a a silly Wish to say Mitz Hashem I hope We won't need your you need We won't need your stuff anymore Very nice So what We should close up Mitz Hashem what Mashiach comes You won't need it In the meanwhile Help me out man don't give me a mitzvah, Hashem. I hope we won't need you anymore. Help me out. I go to people for money like, Oh, you're, you're doing such a major job. I hope we don't need you anymore. Well, right now they need me. Write a check. Or help me out. Or help me out. Don't give me no brachas. I don't need your brachas, okay? Help me out. When she comes. You won't need it anymore. Right now you need it. So what are you, what are you saying? Wait. I hope they'll... Know, uh, why should we? I hope there'll never be any more sickness in the world. I hope we won't need any doctors. Yeah, but right now there's a lot of sickness in the world. And instead of saying I hope there won't be any doctors, let's get some more doctors and let's support them and let's build some good hospitals. Hello, Mitzvah Mashiach comes. Yes, that's that's the bracha. But right now we need it. So I like, that, that is silly to say that to someone. So uh, it's like telling a shach, and you know, I, I, I hope you won't have to read any more shidduchim I hope they just all find each other, and it just happens, and everyone gets married, and life is great. Yes, mean it's Hashem. Well, Mashiach, ha, you know, when Mashiach comes. But that—that's so. So anything that I've ever done in my life is only because I saw a need. I didn't look. I'm not looking for anything. But when I go to Utah and I go to these places and I see girls and and they're in a goyish place and they're coming out sober goyim, it's very nice that they're now healed and healthy, healthy goyim, right? But that's not what we want. We want healthy Jews, Jewish girls. So there's a need. When there's a need, you're, you're not allowed to sleep. You should is the word like he 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 didn't rest. He could not rest. How many of you in this room cannot rest because of what's going on? You're gonna go home tonight. You're gonna put your head on the pillow. Go shlofi. When you get up till morning, you go back to sleep tomorrow night. How many people in this room cannot rest? How many people watching this tonight? Like, All right, Walter, well, so you do a great job. You keep it up so I can go to sleep. i all, tell you guys are great, 2 o'clock in the morning. Great guys. Good night. How many guys can't rest? Because they see stuff. They see kids in the park smoking on Shabbos, and they see kids that are depressed, and they read about kids who are committed suicide, and they're reading about... How many people out there can't sleep? That was Boaz. he said to us, you don't know who this guy is. He is not resting. Tomorrow morning, your case is done. Kachaya, had he rested an extra day, he died the next day. There would have been no davar <laughs> You Can't rest. It has to bother you. If it bothers you, then you do something about it. If it doesn't bother you, then you're not going to do anything about it. Wow. This was. This was. This is. Yeah. This is the difference between people who get things done and people who don't get things done if it doesn't bother you you got to figure out why it doesn't bother you but I'll tell you something I have a again I didn't know if I should say this but I should say it because cause it bothers me why shouldn't it bother you why do I have to carry this myself right you guys should carry it with me so I have a um, a cousin in Muncie, who does the Taharos when someone dies she's in the Chavar Kadisha they take the body they wash it they they prepare it for burial so she called me about two weeks ago, and she told me that a few months ago, she said, I don't know if I want, I didn't know if I wanted to tell you, but I want to tell you. Because I know you speak about it. So she did a hire on a girl that jumped off a bridge. A Jewish girl. No, no, not that one. Right? And she said, I just want to tell you that on this Jewish girl was a, was a tattoo. And the tattoo was of a heart. Broken in half, she said. I just want you to know, that's who I did at Tehran. That's Hashem's heart. That's broken in half. That he has to get one of his daughters back in that way. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. How to, I didn't know how to digest that. A Jewish girl with a tattoo of a heart broken in half, and we are eating pizza. You're eating pizza. Life's good. How do we answer that? How do we answer to God? When we sent his daughter back at a little, a young age. We sent her back with a tattoo of a broken heart. Where are, where, where are we? Where is the Jewish community? How can we? How can we're all sleeping at night? How can we? we not. We're not. We're not fighting this. We're going to have to answer to it So it's time to start doing stuff To help our children And To learn You know at the end With all Moshe Rabbeinu's complaints He continued carrying them he, he said what he had to say He bothered him He said what he had to say But after that He continued being their leader And what did he get after that? Maloizcho Come Schlach? where they send the Moraglim, and then come Kairach when they come after him again with the leader and what did he do in Kairach the two guys that were the worst Baviram, who were his enemies who caused the most problems when well, Shebenu goes to them he goes to them and says guys if you don't stop this right we need to make friends here we need to fix this because you're going to get you're going to get into big trouble you're going to get swallowed up he went to them they didn't come to him he called them they said no he called them to make peace. They said no. So he went to them. It's the same Moshe Rabbeinu who said, I can't carry this nation. It was Moshe Rabbeinu in the end. He said what he, had to, what he felt. He was upset. there were ingrates. He said, I can't carry. I can't carry people who are... You can't carry people who, are, who, don't, who don't have a curse to Because there, there's, there's nothing to do with them. There's no way to go with them. Yeah. What was there to be had about? They had nothing in the desert. What, what, what... They had mud. Okay. They, had, they had the bear and they had mud. The, they didn't eat anything. They didn't go to the bathroom. They didn't have to go to the bathroom. They didn't taste the meat in their teeth. That that means, the next right? Texture. That texture. Tasted like meat. Not only that, there's a much bigger question. They had sheep. They could have made lamb chops. They had a lot of animals. Means, so, I mean, they, so, so why did they, they give to the the money? Money? No. So the 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 mud didn't have to taste like meat. The mud, mud was like ice cream. It could taste like anything you want. But if something tastes like anything you want, it's still not that thing. So that's what they were saying. They were saying it tastes like meat, but it doesn't, doesn't have the... If I gave you a bar, uh, if I gave you a drink that tastes like meat, you don't want it. You want to feel the lamb chops and the bone, and you want to pick your teeth on the bone. and You want to feel the not meat. Is that valid? But not valid different place. Like Imagine eating oh. meat in a juice. It would be good? No, but it wasn't. First of all, it wasn't a juice, but it was heavenly. It was mud. It was heavenly bread. It was. It, you didn't go to the bathroom. It was on such a level. It filled you up. it Was crazy. it was crazy stuff. Be also, they they our, our our what? what? Our, and they only complained about most of the appreciation for what they did have, and they only complained about what they didn't have. Right. They never said thank. Right. They never said thank you for the mud, but right. Exactly. They said, "Where's the fish?" And where's the cucumbers? And where's the pickles? The, the, right. No, I'm saying he's saying a, a better point. If you start off and say, you know, thank you, Tati, for the ice cream and thank you for the pizza, but could I have French fries? Okay. But if you're like getting pizza and ice cream, and you're like, where's the French fries? That's coffee type. Totally. You're not even. You're not mentioning. He's saying if they would have said thank you for the man and thank you for the Mayan from the be'er from Miriam, and then complained, it would be one thing here. They were just like, where's the fish? The free fish. They didn't even, they didn't, they had no hakarsatot. They had no all And that was too much. I mean, said, so that's much too hard for me to carry. And, and I can tell you that it is probably the hardest thing, to, the hardest thing to deal with. The hardest thing to deal with is, is, is when someone is just, just, you give them your life and you give them everything and they just throw it back in your face. I don't think, was, I think they were, they weren't ready to serve them. They're, what do you mean? In other words, they were given everything they want, right? Yeah. But it's like, hey, you know, there was a price to There was a price for it. Fealty to a chef to be completely. So that you weren't, you weren't here. You came in a little late. So that's what that's what Rashi says. Rashi says that they said bechinam. Yeah. They didn't mean that they were getting fish for free. They were meant that everything was free. We didn't, we didn't have to do anything right to God to get something. To Rashi, right? And now all of a sudden we got to keep the mitzvahs we have to do this we have to do that we don't want to do that ok but that's also it's also a coffee tub Hashem took you out of a triumph. Yes. so they always kept throwing that up they always kept saying that you took it out of trying to die always, I mean the Arab was always complaining about with, this it came with a price in other words, I can't give it to that, but it, it comes with a price right? right. it, it comes with a relationship yeah. It comes with the relationship. They didn't want the relationship. They didn't want. They were saying They were saying like we used to just we used to just get food. We did not have to dive in. We didn't have to do nothing. Now it's good that you give us the money, right? Right. They didn't yeah. want. It. They didn't want it. So I try to end with a story. Yeah. Know what? works for something. They appreciate it. how appreciate the money. If I win the lottery, I'll appreciate it. They do work for whatever they got. So once they got used to it, they want more. It's not like they they were. Yeah, they were complaining specifically that they wanted the texture of the meat. How much meat do you think they ate in at Mitzrayim? They weren't allowed to eat. They were, the cattle were the a different zara. So yeah, I have a picture of home where it starts. A picture of a statue with a and he with a long beard in the front, and it says You know, it's like when they first came to this country, it's like they. So only a real devout kid can appreciate the For sure. They couldn't appreciate the, the 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 funny part about freedom is freedom is the ability to say no, not yes. A slave, the only word he can't say is no. Pick up pick this up, clean that up. You can't say no, you get his head chopped off. So in America we believe that freedom is the ability to say yes. You can do whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. No, that's not freedom. Freedom is to be able to say no no to the eighth no no the word no right. and Evan is never allowed to use the word no so I just want to end with this with this sort of a story and it's also a bracha um, so you think when you do something for someone that you know you're doing them a favor really getting involved in helping other people really doing yourself a favor and the best story and I have never said it in this class the best story I ever read about this was a true story there were two friends that were way, way up north, past Alaska, in the Antarctic, know, Arctic Circle, wherever they were, and they were traveling, and they were a 4 by 4 whatever it is, and they got caught in a very big snowstorm, and they got stuck, and they were freezing. And one of them, you know, when you, when you, you should never know from it, when you start to freeze to death, you become, become very tired, and then sort of, warm, even though you're freezing, and then you fall asleep, and once you're in that sleep, you're done, you, you don't come out. So the main thing is to keep the other person up and awake, because as long as they're up and awake, their blood is flowing, as long as their blood is flowing, it doesn't freeze, they don't die. So this one guy was like falling asleep, and the other guy kept rubbing his hands, and rubbing the guy's feet, and rubbing his neck, and trying to keep the blood flowing. Anyway, finally they got saved. They got saved, they were brought to a hospital, and the guy who was falling asleep lost, lost his toes. They were force-bitten. They, they, had to, they, had to, they had to operate, they had to take it out. But meanwhile, when they, when they brought him in, he was force-bitten. And the other guy was sitting outside in the waiting room, and he wanted to know what was going on with his friend, and he's waiting, he's waiting, and the surgeon finally comes out, and he says, he's alive, he's okay, but he lost a couple of toes, which he tells him. So the guy tells the surgeon... Thank God that I, you know, that I saved his life, that I was able to do that and, you know, he felt like he was like a hero. So the doctor said to the, to the guy in the waiting room, he said, I just want you to know, that as much as you saved your friend's life, your friend saved your life. So we're talking about, he was half asleep. He said, by, by rubbing his, his body and keeping his circulation, the work that you did kept your body circulating. So because you were totally working on him the whole time, you didn't even lose your toes. So you saved him, but at the same time, you working on him saved you. So when you help other people, and you think like, oh my god, look what I did for that other person, at the same time that you're saving the other person, you're saving yourself. And that's something that a person has to realize. So that when you, when you see people in pain, and you're thinking like, what well, I don't have to save him in the end, you probably are saving yourself. That's why a lot of people who go through trauma want to become a trauma therapists, because the real closure of um, and I have spoken to therapists about this in the last couple of months. From all my thirty-eight years of experience as a rebbe and dealing with whatever I deal with, if you went through trauma, right? If, if people people who went through the Holocaust, people who went through trauma. So you, you have to learn how to cope with it. You went through trauma as a kid, you have to cope with your trauma. So there are many different coping. There's, there's therapy, there's medicine, right? But those are coping skills. Nothing erases the trauma. You can have the best therapy. What happened to you, happened to you. So now that you went back there and you f- fixed yourself up, you can deal with your trauma, you can deal with your triggers, but your trauma is a trauma. Somebody went through the Holocaust, went through the Holocaust. They might have gotten married and they have kids and they dealt with it, but they still have nightmares and they still have trauma. How do you get rid of that trauma? Is there any way to get rid of that trauma? What happened to you? Can you change that? Can you, can, how can you change it? It happened. You can't change what happened. Chuva, in, in the other world, you could change what happened, but in the physical world, you can't change what happened. You can change what happened. There's only one way. And the only way to get closure is to take what happened to you and because it happened to you and what you became from it, positive, you help someone that's going through the same thing that you went through. Why, why, Why is that closure? Because now what happened to me is not bad. It's my tool to help others. It's my oxygen tank to help others. So when you go back there into the trauma, it's no longer trauma. It's like, My muscle to be able to help others. And when you, when you do that, what? Right, but it's even more than that. When you do that, it becomes closure. How do you, how do I know it becomes closure? If you really, 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 really get healthy, and if you really, really are able to help other people, then if God gave you a chance to go through life again, would you accept that trauma? You probably will What happened to me in third grade What happened to me I have no Shiloh If Hashem said I can give you the perfect life No third grade Not getting thrown out of school Not getting smacked All that other stuff that happened Would you choose to go through that again? Because that will give you the ability To build an terrace Teresnavah, Ranch Whatever, whatever That Because otherwise you're just going to be a regular kid You're not going to do any of that stuff but You're going to be in real estate And Florida And You guys wouldn't be here, and I would have nothing to do with any of you, right? So that's your choice. Would you like to just have a regular life with nothing in it, or to use that to build whatever you did? I have no question. I would say, let's do it again. Once you're able to say, let's do it again, because it's because I'm I'm so healthy that I'm using it to help others. It's over. The, The the wound is closed. Now, can that ever happen? In someone that was that went through, I'm going to use the nice word, right? Physical abuse because it's something. I, this seven seven year old kid, I'm walking in the street. this Shabbos, and his father comes over to me, and I'm walking. Who was I walking with? My son-in-law, truly. And his father says to me, oh, i mean My son is your greatest fan." I'm like, really? He listens to all your Shiorim I'm like, hope not my shayevim shiurim. I'm like, hello, right? I said, really? What's your favorite story? I figured the kid doesn't listen. He goes, oh, that werewolf story. That's really wild. I'm like, you're letting your kid listen to my shirts to the boys? I don't know about that, right? Because I, I talk about some very adult themes. No, he's a chassid. He's a chassid. I'm like, I'm just telling you that to share a gift to my guys. I don't know. I think you maybe need to listen to it before he listens to it. So I'm going to use the word physical abuse because that 7 year old is listening to this year so I don't want him to ask questions so I don't know I can't answer this question could a person ever come to a point who was physically abused as a child and you know I don't mean physically abused I mean something else right could that person ever come to a point that he would say I would let it happen again so that I could heal others I don't know I mean, I went through, I got thrown out of school, I went through that physical abuse, I got beat up by whatever it was, I could could get to that point to say that Hashem, yes, let him beat me up again. But can a a person get to the point where that trauma would say, if, if that's what it takes to make me who I am, to be a trauma specialist, to be able to create a rehab, whatever it is, can a person ever get to a point to say that Hashem gave me... The chance to do it over again I would accept that To happen to me again I don't know If someone could ever go I don't know I don't know Only a person who went through I don't know What? Right So I'm saying Can a person Create And help People So much That they would be Willing to accept To go through that trauma Again It's such crazy trauma I don't know I don't know if that's possible I don't know And if it's not possible Then I don't know if someone can totally heal They could They could Grow and they could deal um, But I don't know if they could totally heal So that's not something I can answer Because I didn't go through that But A guy who did drug use That I know Some guys told me that If a guy gave me a chance I'd do it again Thank you (laughs) That's great <laughs> Great answer I'll be like That's the one you should say I won't do it again You know But like I became a drug therapist I became an addiction therapist Because I went through it I'm just Right now In fact Someone that I'm a, that, that I want to hire As part of my team Went through it And she's a superstar today Because she went through it And she does understand it And I'm sure If Hashem said Would you go through it again She probably would Not that it's a positive thing But, but She would Because she understands the kids And she has, she's amazing so yeah, she's healed. She's totally healed. But when it comes to that kind of trauma, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's humanly possible. I don't know. would well, No. In other words, in other words, you would say it may not need mealy, right? If I'm not, if I don't do it, and if I if I don't do it without Hashem, it's not going to happen. And why? Achtam But that's what you, that's where you that's that's where you have to go. To to feel to feel healed to feel healed i have a lot and i have a lot of kids i'll tell you crazy we should have ended a long time ago but i just so we had this girl could not get through to her she was 16 years old she went through this trauma no eye contact no you know just in the room depressed in a very, very bad state, went to this therapist, that therapist, went to the biggest one in Manhattan, went to psychiatrist, medicine, everything you can imagine, EMDR, every kind of, nothing worked. Nothing worked. So parents came to me and they're like, well, we did that, we did this, we did that, we went to this, we tried everything, nothing worked. She doesn't, she doesn't want, no, like she got really abused. And she doesn't want to have anything to do with this world. She doesn't, she wants to be depressed and die. That's what she wants. I'm like, I'm about to tell you something so radical, I told the parents. So radical, please don't be angry at me, but it might work. And they're like, say, what do you gotta say? I'm like, don't laugh. They're like, nope, we won't laugh. I'm like, buy her a rabbit. I'm like, what? I'm like, buy her a rabbit. Why should we buy her a rabbit? I'm like Just buy her a rabbit Let her take care of something Tell her it's her rabbit She has to feed it She has to take care of it A rabbit she can take out of the cage She can make nice to the rabbit She can cuddle with the rabbit She can put him in her bed Whatever she wants Let her make. Buy her a beautiful Little teeny baby rabbit They did I promise you I'm not lying to you she, within six months, was out of that room. She was out of the room. She was back in school. A silly rabbit. You know where that saying comes from, right? A silly rabbit. It's not important. So, why? Why? She needed something to love. She needed something to take care of. The greatest healing factor is... To help, to take care of something else That's why the horses work I couldn't get her a horse <laughs> And I felt that a rabbit is a little cuddly thing She put in a bed A dog is a whole Yes a dog, no a dog Your cat sometimes can be like a little bit vicious So The healing of a human being is to help others And there are so many kids that I deal with That I'm like, take care of an autistic kid And I'm talking about adult guys and adult girls. Take care of an autistic kid. Take care of a Down Syndrome kid. Give to someone, right, where you give 100%, and that person loves you unconditionally. A Down Syndrome kid loves you unconditionally. A a, 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 a autistic kid, a high lifeline kid, all these kids just love you. And when you get back that love from the person that you're giving love to, that is healing. That is the biggest healer there is in the world. The biggest healer there is in the world is giving love to someone and getting it back from them. So for many, many kids and many people, you think you're doing the autistic kids a favor, you think you're doing the Down syndrome kid a favor, or you think you're doing the sick person or the old person in the nursing home who you talk to and you give them love and they give you back their great-grandmother. They're not your great-grandmother, but right, that is the greatest healer, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. To volunteer... I think that we could get Everyone out of depression If we could get them Someone to help Because When you realize That you could give To someone else You you get back So much more than you give You get I'm, I can tell you that It was like Alright Waltzy You do so much I'm like You don't understand I'm selfish The more I do The more I get back I'm like wow I get more than they get Actually they return my calls I don't return theirs So but but seriously, you get a lot more. So that that's and that's chesed. That's chesed. That's chesed. You give. You give. You give. And chesed, like we said, ends up chesed shiv chesed ends up machus machus. And that was boaz. That every one of you needs to be a boaz. Do not rest until the deed is done. Today, not tomorrow, not next week. Do not rest until the deed is done. If you decide that you if you decide that you want to. That you got to take on something extra, you have to take it on tomorrow morning, not I'll see you in a week. Whether it's a diet, whether it's whether it's kedusha, whatever it is, do not rest until the deed is done. That is the great grandfather of Mashiach. May we all be zayich to see him. Vehayriyameinu, amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.